So I wanted to have a little discussion today about something that I learned from starting campfires this week. Because Genevieve and I, like I shared with you guys, we went on a, a three-day canoe trip. It was about 60 miles. And when Genevieve and I go canoeing, it's kind of like we each have our little, um, our little um, areas of uh, responsibility, right? So when we beach the canoe, we help unload everything. And then I run around and collect sticks, because I'm a boy, and boys have a fetish for sticks, right? to collect sticks for the campfire. And, and Genevieve un- unloads some of the cooking stuff and gets it ready, and then I get to start the fire, and I love starting fires. And I realized, I think that starting a campfire is a really, a really um, meaningful picture of reaching people for Yeshua and influencing them to, towards believing in Him and, uh, and become dis- becoming disciples. So I wanted, to, I wanted to just talk about that with, with you guys a little bit today. So... Um, I won't do it today because it's Shabbat and it says not to light fires on Shabbat, but here are my little waterproof matches that I was using. Uh, see? It's the little waterproof heads and the little sides that wear out before all of the matches wear out. Oh, it's always annoying. Yeah. Have, have you guys had many experiences just lighting campfires with just sticks and tinder and a match? Yeah. Uh. You done it the really old way with uh, rubbing sticks together? My brothers and I, we used to be like really big fans of a guy named Tom Brown, who was this out, really like hardcore outdoorsy kind of guy from the northeastern states. And he was like kind of mentored by this Apache Indian. And um, he, would, he, he went out for the, in, the, in the bush for a whole year with just a knife. He left all his clothes on the side of the road and he went into the bush naked with just a knife and he survived. And so he had to make his own clothes. He had to kill a deer and make his own clothes. And he lived in the northeastern states for a whole year. He did all kinds of crazy survival things, right? We used to like love reading Tom Brown's stories. And he had all of these things about how to survive in the wilderness. So we used to like make bow drills, if you've ever seen like a bow drill way of making, making fires and that kind of stuff. So anyway, it's, it's lots of fun. But um, I just I just realized though, like the way you have to make a campfire, I think it's such a picture of how how we make disciples, and it actually ties into this week's readings creatively because in um, you guys had mentioned that you didn't get around to the the readings from uh, the, the apostles, the apostolic scriptures, and, and this week we read about how Paul and Barnabas were sent out kind of like fire starters, and they went to all of these new cities and they started a fire for Messiah, and then they left and uh, hope that the fire would, would continue with all of the, uh, the sticks that they had gathered. Maybe you could use that analogy, hey? So I, I, I thought I would share with you a couple, a couple insights that I had, and we could just, uh, just t- talk about them. Um, what, what I noticed is like, okay, ha- have you ever seen someone try to start a fire and they couldn't start a fire? Maybe they just had like huge logs. They put some big sticks together and threw a match in there and hoped it would light, and it just didn't light. Uh. I, I, I've seen some people do that, and it's kind of funny, eh? But, you know, that's, that's not how you light a fire. You don't just get some big logs, stack them up, and then throw a match on, and boom, it, it bursts into flame. Like, it's this gradual process, hey? And it starts with getting a little bit of dry tinder and gathering a little handful of short, dry sticks, like twig sticks. And then, of course, you introduce the fire into that tinder, and it, it creates enough flame that you'll ignite those little twig sticks, and then you add bigger sticks on, and then as the fire grows, you add bigger and bigger ones on until finally you get your logs on, and the fire is, it has a, it's almost unstoppable, eh? Uh, assuming that if, it, if it's not controlled. So anyway, that's, that's, I think that's a picture of making disciples, though. And Because uh, like the, um, the gospel is like a fire, and when you introduce it into uh, circles of people or into a culture, it can spread, 
um, sometimes like a grassroots fire or sometimes like an underground fire, if you've ever heard of that. Like um, sometimes in forests where they have dried out root systems, like the fires will literally travel in the root systems underground for miles and miles and miles and then flame up all of a sudden and they can, they can wreak a lot, a lot of havoc, eh? But I, that's exactly what happens with the gospel, with the message of Mashiach. So I, I just thought, okay, so if you want to start a fire, you don't gather the big logs, you start with the little twigs. And they have to be little, and they have to be dry. And did you, did you notice what kind of people Shaul, like he, teach, he told everyone about Yeshua, but did you notice what kinds of people really responded to the gospel? Paul said, you know, look at, look at, look at who responded to the gospel. Look who Elohim chose it. It wasn't the rich and like, uh, materially affluent people. It wasn't people with a lot of political power and clout. It was, it was weak people. It was poor people. It was slaves. I, I, to me, it's almost like those are like the, the little sticks in a culture. You know, just the little, the little sticks. I don't know. What, what do you guys think that would look like today? Like, who, who are the little sticks in this city or in our lives that maybe would be a good place to start if we want to, like, start a forest fire or something? Yeah. Yeah, little kids or younger people. <laughs> Literally little sticks, hey? Little twigs, yeah. yeah. Or maybe just maybe just the people that don't have a lot of political. You know, if you want to look at a place and say, "Yeah, we want to overhaul this society," or "We want to we want to change this culture," you it's the people you wouldn't look at first and say, "Like, oh yeah, you'd shoot for the people with political clout or shoot for people with a lot of wealth." But the little sticks are that maybe poor people or people that have no political clout. Yeah. And the first night on the river, I had a hard time starting the fire because we were on a sandbar and I had to start it with driftwood. Have you ever tried to start a fire with wet wood? Yeah. So I had all this little pile of little wood that was a little bit wet, hey? But I wonder if that isn't a picture too. You need dry... They can't be wet little sticks. They have to be dry little sticks. And uh, you, look at, you look at who, re, who responds to the message of Messiah. It's not the people who are maybe like saturated... They're, they're not people who are already satisfied and doing well. Often it's people who are dry, you know, people who are thirsty, people who um, are dissatisfied. So maybe there's a little picture there. So that's the first thing I noticed. Just when you're, when you're starting a fire, you, you collect little sticks and they're dry. And then what do you do with them? You, you gather them together. And uh, then you introduce that fire into their midst. I thought... That's exactly what, like, what Shaul was doing. He was going around and finding those gatherings of sticks at the synagogues in different cities. And he was just, just introducing the fire into their midst. Hey? And you guys have probably noticed with lighting, with lighting fires, you can't, um, you can't crowd the sticks too closely together. They need a little bit of room in between each other. They can't be too close or too far apart. Just, just so they're close together, but not crowded, eh? I wonder if that isn't a picture too sometimes of when we, when we reach people for Messiah, we can't crowd those people, but we also can't see them really, really far apart. It's like we need to be like people that we're reaching for Messiah, we want to kind of maybe bring them together, but not, not too crowded and not too far apart. So that's something I know. So even, um, let's say, you know, we're, we're reaching out to a lot of people on Friday nights. We had, a, we had, a, we had our new neighbors, um, uh, the St. Louis's over last night. And it was, it was really wonderful having them, hey? But, but, for, but for us, it, that kind of felt like that dynamic. Like, we're having some people over that are not the biggest sticks in the city, but, um, but, but they're friends. And, you know, having them over, not, not pushing anything on them, not crowding them, not 
you know, like with a fire, you can't breathe on a little fire too hard or you'll blow it out, right? You can just gently, gently fan the flame. So it's kind of, um, felt like we were doing that a little bit, you know? Because, you know, we have people over on Friday nights and they're not all believers. And, you know, we have the cop and we read the passage where Yeshua said he's the vine and we're the branches and apart from him we can't do a thing. And, you know, we have the bread and we read where Yeshua said he's the bread of life. And, 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 and we, like, we do our thing on Erev Shabbat and we have people who aren't believers over. And, but we're not forcing it on them. They're just there and they're friends and they're watching and maybe they're picking something up of the Master, you know? So I thought maybe that was a, maybe camp, building a campfire is a little picture of that. Yeah. I thought it was cool too that like you can't actually light a fire. Like all you can do is light the match and then you introduce the match into those sticks. Like all you can do is introduce the fire. And I thought that's that's cool too. Like it's not my job to convict anyone of sin or of, of Elohim's standards of righteousness or of the concept of his justice in this world and the world to come. You know, like Yeshua said, it's the it's the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, he convicts people of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of justice. So that's a, that's like, whoo, that's a big, big um, load off my shoulders. You know, like I feel like I can just breathe easy just knowing that I can ask him to move through his Holy Spirit in situations and in people's lives and I don't light the fire. Maybe I can help introduce the fire, but he's the one who lights the fire, eh? And uh, then, okay, a, a, a mistake I made when I lit our campfire was, you know, I lit the fire and it was starting to go and then I rearranged all the sticks, all the little sticks, and it went, it started to go out because I was rearranging all the sticks, eh? I thought, I wonder if there isn't something to that too, like not disturbing the sticks. You introduce the message or you share the story, you, you, you put the fire in there, and then you just let it take naturally and just let it grow. And you can't, you don't, in, you don't mess with it too much. You don't interfere too much, you know? What's that? Don't organize. Yeah, don't organize too much, right? Don't, don't, don't disturb the sticks. Just leave them alone, you know? Um, maybe, maybe that fits in there too. And then, of course, you know, if those little sticks take and they start to burn, the fire grows, and then you add bigger sticks and bigger sticks, and they can even be a little more moist at that point, or you can, by the time you have a full-grown fire, you can even add wet logs to the side, and it'll dry them out, and they'll ignite, eh? And I wonder if that isn't a picture when, when, when communities of Yeshua's disciples really begin to grow, and uh, we, we just, um, we, we build in the heat of His Holy Spirit, and our, our fervency for Mashiach, and His Word, and, and, um, and, and we're able to, like, maybe, maybe someone that if someone just shared the gospel with someone on the street, they wouldn't accept it. But when they see a community that has that fervency and they're moving in the power of the Ruach and they see that momentum, those people will be more likely to accept the message then. Maybe, maybe that's a picture of that. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. No, it's, just, it's something I was contemplating when we were building a fire and then it's something that hit me today and I just wanted to share that with you guys. So, and I mean, I'm, I'm kind of talking about this in the context of um, sharing Yeshua's message with new people. But I think it also applies to, uh, to Torah and introducing people to the restoration message. Because you even think about Hayasod, hey? Like you think about a Hayasod group, I think that's a perfect picture of starting a campfire. You're gathering the sticks together, you're introducing the fire of that restoration message, and then you just stand back. And if it takes, it takes. And if it takes, it can be a very powerful thing. Communities can grow out of that. It can affect the body of Messiah in a city. Oh, that's kind of neat how that works for, I think, for us with the, with the Torah also. And, you know, Genevieve and I want to start a Hayasod group this fall and maybe also start a study group going through a book called the House Church book by Wolfgang Simpson just to help 
Um, our friends in the church see that the way we do church today isn't the way they did church 2,000 years ago. You know, for me, that was a big step, realizing as a pastor's kid, the way we do church today does not look exactly like they did it 2,000 years ago. Kind of that jolted me out of my mental ruts. That started making me ask a lot of questions, hey? So I, I'm kind of excited about this fall and hopefully gathering some sticks together and uh, introducing that fire and, uh, and seeing what happens. And maybe, maybe each of us can be asking Abba, you know, who are the sticks that you would like me to maybe to gather together? How could I introduce that fire into their midst and, and help your fire spread, eh? Shalom, I'm Izzy Avraham, and thank you for joining me for this talk. I delivered these messages live during the years I was leading a congregation. They're now hosted by my Hebrew school, Holy Language Institute, at holylanguage.com. If you're interested in the talks I've done since then, or if you'd just like to say thank you for these teachings, become a member at holylanguage.com.